Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am the host of Independent Thought. My name is Desmond Price. No matter where you are in the world, I want to thank you for giving me a few minutes of your day to hear my thoughts. As always, we have a great show for you today. Now here are our topics. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Independent Thought. My name is Desmond Price. We are once again joined by our friend Christopher Tracy. Chris, welcome back to the show. Thanks, D, for having me. It's great to be here. Great. Now, we have been taking somewhat of a break from this podcast, but I wanted to come back today to talk about somewhat of what's been going on with the coronavirus. I mean, there's probably so much to touch on, and uh, actually, we have all the time in the world because a lot of us are still quarantined. But today, we wanted to talk about just how some people have been reacting to being quarantined and, and what exactly that means as far as having some of their freedoms, quote unquote, restricted during this time of a global pandemic. Now, Chris, what, you live over in the Pacific Northwest. What are some of the stuff that you've been seeing up there? Have people been like negative, negatively reacting to being you know, on this lockdown for so long? Oh, you know, I've seen that, but mostly on the news. In my particular area, I mean, it seems like everybody, you know, is kind of going along with it. I mean, even if we don't like it, you know, I talk to people all the time. We have our masks on and we're just like, man, this is kind of getting old. This kind of sucks. But we also understand the need for it, too. Right, right. Now, I've been seeing some, like, things going on around this country, especially, like, you see some of those videos coming out about, like, Costco recently. Where Costco has put up this, this kind of like this notice saying that like to shop inside of Costco, you have to wear a mask. And you've been seeing so many just like instances of people just, you know, like trying to defy that order or walk in there without a mask on or approaching people who do have masks on and calling them sheep and trying to antagonize them and all that stuff. That all just seems crazy to me. What, what's your take on it? Yeah, I think it's ridiculous, too. Yeah, I just, I have seen some of that stuff and it's just like, it just blows my mind because, you know, the same people who were complaining about like, oh, well, you know, like we shouldn't have to, you know, like go, we shouldn't have to put a mask on and go inside this business. They're the same people who also, on the other hand, were saying that they thought it was ridiculous that businesses weren't allowed to like, not like sell like, you know, like cakes to certain people. You remember like back like a year or two ago where the debate was going on about like, Oh well, if a if a bakery has like a religious preference and they don't want to make cakes for you know lesbians or gay people, they shouldn't have to. The businesses should be able to refuse service to people they don't want to serve, right? And now those same people are getting upset because businesses are telling customers basically like, "Hey, we don't want you to come in here unless you're wearing a mask on." Like, there's just no like consistent ideology here with some of these people. D, you're taking the words right out of my mouth. That's what I've been saying too. Is the fact that like. The biggest part of my frustration with a lot of these people on the right is there's no consistency in their views. And it's just like, you know, we can go back even further than that. You had some really great examples of that, and I think I have some pretty good ones too. You go back even further than that, you know, every time, you know, a young black man in the inner city ends up shot by police, like, oh, well, he should have just followed orders. And yet here we are, you know, you got people in Costco yelling at people for wearing masks, telling them that they're sheep, but they followed orders. Exactly. It's like, you know, they, these are the same people who wanted you to stand for the flag. Follow that order. But, you know, doing the things right now that we've been asked to do, quarantining, keeping distance, that makes you a sheep. And all of a sudden, 
that's an infringement on our rights. Yeah, it makes no sense to me. It's also incredible that we've now gotten to a moment in time where saying the phrase, you know, listen to doctors and medical professionals has become quote unquote political. It's crazy. I mean, th- that is insane. That, that is absolutely insane. Like, how is that a political statement? It's only political you know, it's, because, like, it feels like it is upsetting a certain class of people. And because it's upsetting them, they want to make it political. Yeah, exactly. No, D, it's just, it's just kind of crazy. Like, how long can our society stand together if, you know, we're all off on our own agenda and we believe, you know, our own facts? Whether or not they're actually the facts. But, like, there's just our facts that make us feel good. That is the, you know, I've, I have been trying to, like, be fair about my criticisms towards Donald Trump over the last, like, you know, like, few years that he's been in office. Because I feel like a lot of the stuff that the media kind of, like, attacks him for, you know, is a little, like, overblown on their part. But the one thing that has definitely not been overblown whatsoever has been his assaults against the truth. You know, like we have had a lot of presidents before, like not be honest with us, but we've never had someone be as blatant about attacking the truth and just lying about every single solitary thing possible as Donald Trump. And the trickle effect of that is just that now we've created this culture in America. And it's actually, it's, it's even going past America because now Trump like affects so many other politicians globally that now it's having this bigger effect where now you just have this idea where if you decide that you want to have a different set of like truths, all you have to do is say that, oh, these, these are my truths and those are your truths. And now the word the truth doesn't really mean anything anymore. It's incredible. No, it is. And just I want to really quickly touch on that about words and meaning. You know, just like these fools calling Obama a socialist, and yet who were his campaign donors in 08 and 2012? The biggest and most corrupt aspects of, you know, modern capitalism, the banking industry, the, uh, you know, the big corporations were his campaign donors. So, yeah, no, words don't have any meaning anymore, D. And this is, it was great that you touched on what you did because, I mean, you and I, have, you know, we've known each other quite a bit, and we've touched on these things over the years almost always. And, yeah, like I said, it's just... It's nuts. It's nuts. And, like, not only does Trump, you know, not only does he lie about a lot of stuff, he plays up his own mediocrity, too. And that bothers me, too, because I haven't seen any presidents in my lifetime play up their own mediocrity the way he does. No, I completely agree with that. And we are going to take a really quick break here. When we come back, we are going to continue on this subject. Betty's Divine is a locally owned boutique on the magnificent hip strip in downtown Missoula, Montana that has been a fixture in the Mountain West since 2005. We have a fondness for vintage inspired clothing, shoes and accessories for humans, as well as the real deal found in our vintage department, Divine Trash. Betty's Divine presents a snapshot of Northwest styles with an emphasis on street, skate, surf and rock and roll culture, as well as Americana classics. Alongside a radical selection of clothing, Betty's Divine offers a damn fine array of shoes, jewelry, records, and accessories to satisfy any taste, whatever your age or vibe. You can count on us to prioritize financial, social, and environmental responsibility without sacrificing the look. 
Visitors enjoy a lovely atmosphere, dreamy tunes, and the best customer service in the West. And you can shop us online at bettysdivine.com. Hey, Indie Thought listeners. Has this past year helped you rediscover your creative and crafty side? Well, then you're going to love our sponsor for today's episode, Bathing Beauties Beads is a full-service bead shop in the heart of downtown Missoula. Whether it's seed beads, semi-precious stones, vintage beads, or just materials to make a project, they have something for every person and every price range. Not from Missoula? Don't worry. They have an extensive online store and they will ship directly to you. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, they'll welcome you and help you make your next project a reality. You can find them online at Bathing Beauties Beads on Instagram and Facebook or at bathingbeautiesbeads.com. And don't forget to use offer code INDEPENDENTTHOUGHT at checkout to save 15% on your order. All right, welcome back from break, everybody. We are going to continue talking about that subject we were just talking about, Trump versus the truth, and him kind of playing onto his, what did you call it, Chris? His mediocrity? Yeah, his mediocrity. He plays up his own mediocrity. Please go into that a little bit further. I want to understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, he's mediocre because he made all these grandiose promises before he came into the White House. And like, which one of them has he delivered on? The debt's still there. The swamp didn't drain. I mean, he, he added to that. He brought the swamp into his own cabinet. Whether he did that intentionally or not, he still did it. Right. And, you know, just things like that. The wall is still not built, even though it shouldn't be, but still. You know, the thing that always drives me crazy about listening to certain politicians talk about this stuff is that every campaign cycle, they all make the same, like, grandiose promises. This is not just Trump exclusive, but we're, you, have to be held to your, you have to be held accountable for what you say. So he's, exactly. he's in a long line of people who just spew bullshit. And so basically what happens is everyone, you know, leading up to an election year talks about, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Yada, 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 yada. Right. And then they get into office and then they're like, oh, well, I would be able to get this done. But the other party, they just won't let anything happen. It's all their fault. Right. Okay. So basically either all these people are idiots or they all planned on lying from the beginning. Okay. Because everyone knows that when you get into the white house, you're going to have to deal with the opposition party in Congress. That's just a fact. When Democrats get into power, Republicans are still going to be there. When Republicans get into power, Democrats are still going to be there. They know this. Okay. You know, so it's, when they I'm make- sorry, D, I just, I just had to step in real quick because you're hitting on some really good points and I'm just sitting over here shaking my head along with you, like really hard. I'm nodding along hard with you. But I just want to add, because I've been researching a lot, the way, uh, you know, the German countries, Austria, Switzerland, and Germany do their parliament systems. And, like, they specifically set out space for the opposition. It's like, hey, look, these people and their views, they have to be a part of this discussion. And I was just like, our country would benefit so much from that point of view. Yeah, I have been following someone recently who does a, a YouTube series, just uh because she's lived in America and in Germany, and she always is drawing parallels between those two countries. And I, uh, I see some of the comments that her German followers make about Americans. They don't have the uh, highest views of us or our political system. And uh, who could blame them? 
Well, mm-hmm. you know, and you know that I spent time over there, D. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I was trying to color this as not, you know, maybe being biased because I live there. But no, their political system is far superior to ours because everybody at least has representation. When you limit how, – how many million people there are here in America? About 320 million. When you limit 320 yeah. million people to two parties, no wonder you're going to have the situation we have now. Germany is a nation of 82 million people, and they have about six, seven mainstream parties. Six, seven mainstream parties, D. Mainstream. Yes. We could definitely we have benefit from at least having four. Exactly. We have only two. When we should – I mean – if we're being real and we want to be proportionate like Germany, I mean, we there's no reason why we shouldn't have at least well over a dozen parties. This is true. I also think that they're, you know, just getting off on a slight tangent here. I think there's, you know, something to be said about having too many choices. I, I don't think I think that two is obviously way too little. But I also think that if there was like 12, that might be a little bit too much. Because at the, at the end of the day, like when you have too many things to pick between, Sometimes it's hard to truly know where it is you're supposed to be. And I know it's a really bad analogy, but it just makes me think about Netflix sometimes. You know, because when you're sitting there on Netflix trying to figure out what it is you're supposed to watch, like you have no idea, you know, what you're like, what you should even pick because there's just so many choices. Or when you walk into a library, unless you know what kind of book you're there for, you can be like just scrounging around forever before you find what you're looking for. Most people, you know, they don't have that, like, they don't have the patience with politics like that. Well, you know, exactly. Well, here's the thing. Under our system, more political parties would be absolutely bad because, like, we run this, you know, our style. But if we ran a parliamentary style the way that they do it, I don't think it'd be that bad. But here's the thing. Getting us to switch to that, uh, that would be a task. I mean, it'd be kind of like overthrowing the government with armed revolution. It's a task that's way too tall, I think. Just like switching over to a parliamentary system, I think is a task way too tall. Right. But I think that our country would be better served by having multiple parties. I do too. I do too. Well, you know, and not, not only that, D, they do proportional representation. So you get amount, the amount of seats you get in the House in Germany and in Switzerland and Austria is directly correlated to the amount of votes you got. So it's based on the popular vote. Exactly. So, like, you know, the popular party. They win, they elect the chancellor, the runner-up usually is their coalition partner or, you know, somebody else there who's got occupying, you know, a, a good amount of the seats in the House. You know, they don't have shit like a Roe v. Wade. They don't have shit like, a, you know, I'm trying to think of another good Supreme Court case, Obergefell v. Hodges, the gay marriage case, then Bowers v. Hardwick, another case about, you know, gay sex. They don't have this kind of shit. It's not so divisive over there because everybody gets to say. They don't leave with a bitter taste in their mouth over hotly contested issues. Hey. And not to mention, I gotta say, one thing when I talk about like, see, a lot of liberals do like like to romanticize Europe, and yes, Europe is progressive. It you know was sexy when I was growing up there and all that stuff. But you know they had their own baggage, and you and I have discussed this before too. But one thing though, part of that baggage though, that kind of you know highlights how I see them. I see them mostly positive. I see them as being, you know, forward thinking and ahead of us in a lot of ways, but they got there through two world wars because they're not as religious as we are. And I feel like that's a thing that hurts our politics is the fact that we're more religious. We're more religious for a first world country than most of our peers. And it's disturbing to me. 
You know, that's it's interesting you say that when the hub of Christianity still sits in the middle of Italy. So you would think that that influence would be, you know, pretty localized over there. Um, but, you know, it's funny. I mean, Italy actually is probably – it's funny you say that because it's relationship to the Catholic Church. That's the, I'd, I'd say them, them and the Polish are the most religious countries in Europe. Then maybe the Spanish, the Portuguese. But even still, most Europeans are secular, even Italians. Fair enough. So tying this back into President Trump here, we were going off on that because we were talking about just like his relationship to the truth and talking about about essentially, you know, presidents make these promises when they're going on the campaign trail because they're going to tell you about what they're going to do and this, that and the other. And then they usually get into office and they fail and they blame the other party. But the problem with that is that they know going into it that they're going to have to work with the other party. And so when they make these promises, they're making them knowing they're going to have to work with a really oppositional opposition party. And so the question is, why make all these lofty promises when you know you're going to be railroaded at every single turn by a party that's better that it lost the election? You know, so the question either becomes, do you believe in everything that these politicians say, or do you hold them accountable for the things they didn't get done? I choose the latter. I think that if you make a bunch of promises and you don't deliver, you should be held accountable for those things. And Trump should be held accountable for the things that he said he was going to get done, and he didn't get them done. And that's really how everyone should view it. And I feel like people are like, oh, well, what about Obama? What about Obama? He should have been held accountable for the things he didn't get done either. And as far as I'm concerned, he was. That's how Donald Trump got elected. It was because Obama failed on some of the things he said he was going to do. Man. Oh, man. I wanted to interrupt, let you finish, and you pretty much capped it off. Exactly. Because I know you and I have always never been two ways about it. Yes, Obama should be held accountable. The Bush administration should be held accountable. The Clinton administration should be held accountable. The first Bush administration... And so should the first, so should Reagan too. And those are all the presidencies that I can directly tie, like who are still directly impacting my life and yours. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where, you know, people like to make this a, a what about ism thing, a, a what about so-and-so it's like, Oh, you think Democrats are bad? What about Republicans? Oh, you think Republicans are bad? What about Democrats? It's like, what about if we just play this the way it should be played? You know, at the end of the day, if you're in a courtroom and you're being tried for theft, you can't get up in front of the judge and be like, Your Honor, I know I stole a car. What about that other guy who stole a car and got away with it? Okay? He got away with it. I should get away with it. Thank you. I'm leaving now. Like, that's not how it works. That's not how the justice system works. Okay? That's not how life should work. You can't. No, exactly. One group, one person getting away with something does not mean that everybody else should either. No. It's a long road. It's, It's a fast road to anarchy, taking that mindset. Exactly. And at the end of the day, is it really someone else's fault that you got caught for the crime and they didn't? Exactly. Trump, at the end of the day, has been overly blatant and overly overt about the stupid shit that he's done. And he's tried to act as though like, oh, well, it doesn't matter because I'm, I mean, maybe I'm corrupt, but other people are corrupt too. So whatever. That's not how this works. In fact, if nothing else, that's basically, you know, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but that's been Putin's argument for the longest time. Well, you know, if he's pointing that out, oh, well, you know, there's a system that's just inherently corrupt. I mean, cool. You go down with it, and 
you're you're gonna go down with it. That's the only possible course. You got in bed with it and thinking you're gonna change it and you haven't. No. And not to mention, like, and you know, you and I have shared this before, like, you know, based on interviews I've heard from him before. He's always been in with the DC people. As long as he's been Donald Trump, the famous millionaire real estate mogul, he's known these people, he's rubbed shoulders with them, he's known how they operated for years, and he's not getting any surprises about, you know, how bad, how difficult it is in DC. He's not surprised at all, D. And it is crazy that fools believe that he is. They really think there's a deep state out there. Oh man, the deep state is doing he knew if there was a deep state, trust that that man of all people knew that it was there. Exactly. And you know what? With that being said, Chris, I think there's more to this conversation, but we're going to have to save it for another episode. So I'd like to thank you again for coming on today. And I welcome you back to talk to me again in the future. Yeah, thank you, D. Hopefully I didn't take up too much of your time. Oh, you definitely did not. We'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you. everyone that is our show for today i want to thank you all for checking out indie thought independent thought is brought to you by your host desmond price you can follow us on twitter at independent thought or at indie i-n-d-e thought so again thank you all for coming and hanging out with me for those of you who found me on iTunes or on Spotify, please go ahead and subscribe to us. Give us a five-star rating. If you give us a four-star rating, I'm inclined to think you're a hater. So don't hate. Thank you so much, and I hope to see you all next time.